You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serta. It is Monday, September 11th, the day after week one of the NFL regular season. And I think there was a lot of surprises on Sunday. So we're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to get into an update on uh, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. We'll hear from Andy Reid later on this afternoon, as well as the Chiefs prepare to head into week two and take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who started 1-0 on Sunday. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween. Uh, I assume, I, I hope your NFL Sunday went better than mine because Lord knows I am bad at fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good, it's good to have the NFL back. Uh, but I, I think, especially in Kansas City, if you headed into the weekend on Thursday and uh, I had told you, yet, believe it or not, these uh, two favorites, the Chiefs and the Bengals, who everyone thinks is going to make it back to the AFC Championship, is going to lose to the Lions and the Browns, respectively, and really actually look pretty bad in the process. Both teams looked really bad. And who knows, right? The Buffalo Bills, who are that other tier one contender that everybody likes to talk about, they're up against the resurgent Jets tonight. We know that they have a good defense. Everyone believes their offense is going to be better with Aaron Rodgers. So we could be looking at this Wednesday Arrowhead Pride report with an 0-3 start for the, for the Chiefs, <laughs> Bills, and Bengals. And I, I just think it, it speaks to the parity in the NFL and reminds us all a little bit of, of how silly it is to try to, to judge what is going to be the full year of football before it, it begins. And it, it looks like the, the AFC might be even better. I mean, we thought it was going to be better than the NFC, but it might be even better from top to bottom than we thought uh, in this initial look. Yeah, I, I want to get into the games a little bit, but let's start things off with uh, Jay Glazer's report on Travis Kelsey. Um, 
you know, obviously he was out in week one on Thursday against the Detroit Lions after suffering a knee injury uh, early in the week at practice. And it was a quick turnaround. And so he was not available. And according to Jay Glazer yesterday, the Chiefs were initially concerned that Travis Kelsey suffered a season ending tibia plateau fracture during Tuesday's practice. It wound up just being luckily a, a very deep bone bruise. And the plan is to have him run this week and make sure there's no swelling and hopefully he'll be available for week two. So it sounds like the chiefs really dodged a bullet because after their week one performance in that wide receiver room, they really, really need Travis Kelsey. So at least some good news for chiefs fans headed into week two. Yeah, I think it it's, it's news. I, I don't know if I go all the way and say, say good news because if, if that's what was feared, and there was some procedure done from what that report says. I know that Jay Glazer has been a little iffy when it comes to remember the Andy Reid retirement the bug that he had out there. And then all of a sudden everyone thought that Andy Reid would retire after the Super Bowl. And Andy Reid was like, it's a misunderstanding. So like, to me, you got to take everything with a, a grain of salt there. However, let's, let's assume, and Jay Glazer is usually pretty spot on. That was just the one uh, case with the, with the Chiefs. Let's say that there was some sort of procedure where, uh, blood had to be removed from the knee or fluid had to be removed from the knee. I still believe that, that we too might be a, a tall mountain to climb for Kelsey. I, I've been saying I, that the way that I sort of feel like the injury is going, I, I think week three feels right. Week two is a possibility, but it seems like it still might be a stretch. If the Chiefs were willing to hold him out of that initial game, if there's any question, it seems like they'll follow suit in week two. So I, I still believe this is a little bit wait and see. We'll have more clarity today when we actually get Andy Reid at that noon press conference that he does at the beginning of every week. Uh, but I'm just a little bit unsure about his status against the Jaguars. And, and if you watched that game yesterday, the Jaguars looked pretty good. So it would be good to have Kelsey in the lineup. But I, I still feel, even when it could be a, a key AFC game, probably should hold Kelsey aside this one situation where it's 100%. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, but with the way these wide receivers looked in week one, it's just like, let's get Travis Kelsey back on the field, and that's that's when we can start gauging how this offense is actually can going we, to look this season. Can can the can Andy Reid go across the street to Macquarie and get some of that pine tar and, and skip <laughs> it in the wide receiver gloves for the evening? Because that maybe that maybe that'll work. Yes, uh, as long as they find a way to make them hold on to the football, I, I don't care how they do it. Uh, and as, if it's if it's cheating and they can get away with it, yes, let's make it happen. Um, okay. But I, I want to discuss a, a few of the key AFC matchups like we already mentioned. But I think first we have to highlight the division in the AFC West. And uh, uh, shocker to no one, the Las Vegas Raiders are... <laughs> The lone team in the AFC West who got a win in week one. They are sitting atop the division right now, 1-0, and while the rest of the division is 0-1 after the first week of the NFL season. Uh, we spend all offseason looking at these rosters, predicting things, and trying to dial things up. And then the NFL is really good about reminding all of us in week one that no matter how much we prepare, we know absolutely nothing about how these games are going to go. Yeah, I, I thought uh, in watching the, the Raiders and the Broncos, you know, I, I thought it, it was a, interesting because it, it sort of was a clean game from both sides. Um, you, you've usually seen these teams in recent years kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, and uh, it kind of looked like to me like two less than quality teams that played a little bit similar and one had to win. And so the, the Raiders end up getting that 
that win with the, the touchdown in the fourth quarter to Myers. Myers looked pretty good as somebody that could maybe be someone to, to compliment uh, Devontae Adams there. Uh, and I, I didn't take a ton away. I just, I still think those are, I know how the games have gone, but I still think those are the last two teams in the division. Right now we you know, we're waking up and the Raiders are going to be in first place for at least the week, which is something I, I think nobody predicted. And then in the other one, uh, some good news and bad news for Chiefs fans. I'll, I'll give you the good news first, and that's the Chargers lost, right? So uh, everybody but the Raiders is back on that that same level playing field. And, of course, you get two shots at the Raiders before the end of the year, so that's something you can make up pretty easily. The, the, the bad news here is that Tyreek Hill looks like he could be the best NFL player <laughs> in the league. Uh, unbelievable uh, outing by him. Uh, he's been on record in saying that he wants to have 2,000 yards this year, I think. In Kansas City, we, we learned how good he could be, and he grew to be one of the better wide receivers in the league. Yesterday, he looked like the best receiver in the league, uh, and not even close uh, in, in a way. Not only just with the yards after the catch, the speed, but that clutch catch uh, in the end zone toward the end of the game to seal it for Miami. And uh, the Chiefs are in super, the Super Bowl business, right? So seemingly good news about the division. Someone had to win that, get, that division game between the Raiders and Broncos, so you're not going to be in first place. Um, but it just seems like there may be more AFC contenders, kind of what I was saying at the beginning, uh, than we bargained for. Again, uh, you got to always say this is just one week, but very interesting turns of events, that I think, in the AFC yesterday. Yeah, and the Dolphins take down the Chargers 36 to 34. Um, it was a weird day of NFL action in general, and you are right about Tyreek Hill. No other wide receiver came close to his performance yesterday. He finishes the day 11 receptions, 215 yards, two touchdowns, to a tongue of Ilo, 28 of 45 for 466 yards in three touchdowns. And that Dolphins offense uh, right now looks uh, every bit as advertised, like one of the most explosive in the NFL. Well, the, the, you know, and, and it, it's, it's just – it's hard to wrap your brain around because you wake up, I think, as a supporter of the Chiefs, someone who reports on the Chiefs this morning, and, you're, and you and you could say these two things, and they could both be true. And that is the Chiefs didn't need Tyreek Hill, a wide receiver like Tyreek Hill, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but they could use the Tyreek Hill right now. He's like the only <laughs> Tyreek Hill who they had and traded uh, really feels like the key missing piece to kind of what would make the, the Chiefs unbeatable and, and really cook here. Uh, again, you can't go back in time. And again, the Chiefs proved over a 17-game season in the playoffs that you don't need him necessarily to win the Super Bowl. But I think if you talk to most Chiefs fans this morning, Steve, what would they say? What do we need? Uh, a number one wide receiver. Uh, oh. and, and he is certainly maybe number one in the league. And uh, a team that's supposed to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. But on Sunday, looked to, uh, about just as bad as the Chiefs pass catchers did is the Cincinnati Bengals. They fall yeah. to the Cleveland Browns 24 to three. And, you know, there's a lot to take away from this game. Obviously, Joe Burrow dealing with that calf issue that held him out of training camp and. You know, it feels like maybe the Bengals rushed him back and they were so bad on Sunday that they were actually benched in the fourth quarter. The Bengals just benched their starters because they could not get anything going offensively. Jamar Chase, five catches for 39 yards. T Higgins targeted eight times, finished with zero receptions for zero yards. Joe Burrow, only 82 passing yards, just an absolute dumpster fire of a performance by the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. Yeah, it's a division game, and it's one I think that the Browns needed more than the Bengals did. The Bengals have kind of established that they're the kings of the north in, in a way. 
I just look at Joe Burrow, and to me, I mean, I, I know all the, the Chiefs fans want to laugh right now, but it, it just looked to me like a quarterback that did not have a training camp or a preseason, which is what he didn't have. Now, you know, you get two or three weeks down the line, and suddenly he's doing the same things like missing receivers and um, not able to make the big play. Then, yeah, and, you know, maybe maybe you start to wonder there if there's some kind of fall off. But I, I just think everybody, even even players of the caliber of a Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow, need training before you get going. And, you know, when you injure your calf shortly into training camp, you're not going to get that. The Browns take advantage. And, and that's just another team. Like I, I think it, these games, they, they matters less for the chargers. Cause I think the chargers are, are still a team that's going to make the playoffs it matters less for the Bengals because I think the, the Bengals are still a team that uh, is going to make the playoffs. Just bigger days to me for a team like the dolphins, who's trying to get to that caliber and a team like the Browns, because these wins do matter. Uh, and now suddenly you start to wonder, uh, is the AFC more wide open than we've been giving it credit for? I, I think that was, for me, the theme of this weekend and, and the theme of yesterday. And I, I think that'll continue uh, tonight if the Jets are able to beat the Bills. And then suddenly you, you just you wake up in week two in, in the AFC and you just wonder, um, is this a little bit more even across the board than we ever gave it credit for? Yeah, it, it was an interesting Sunday of football where – I feel like the only truly dominant performance we saw, even, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles even struggled against the New England Patriots a little bit in week one. And then, you know, the Dallas Cowboys put on a defensive performance. And I, I talked about them on the SB Nation NFL show on Friday. Like, I think that Cowboys defense has a chance to be the best in football. And they they looked like it last night on Sunday night football. But even the Jacksonville Jaguars, who the Chiefs are taking on in week two, and a team that I'm projecting to be a legitimate AFC contender, they beat the Indianapolis Colts 31 to 21, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a highly impressive performance. They were kind of sluggish themselves. They didn't really pull away in this game until the fourth quarter, even though Calvin Ridley looked every bit the wide receiver one that they were hoping he would be. He finishes the game eight receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown, and he looked spectacular. But overall, it was kind of an up-and-down performance from the Jaguars where they kind of pulled away late in the fourth quarter because they're a dramatically better team than the Colts, and they should. But overall, uh, there wasn't any like super impressive performances in the AFC aside from that Dolphins-Chargers game that was high-scoring and, and just totally back and forth. Well, that's the one thing I've been saying about the Jaguars. I, I really do believe in them. And they're this team now, like sort of like the Chiefs, where they can turn the football over be a little bit sloppy. They fumbled the ball three times, only lost it once, but be a little bit sloppy and still beat the team that you're playing because I, I think they're they're on that level. And so uh, I don't think it was a tremendous, tremendous performance from the Jaguars, but uh, they were able to get the job done. And I wonder uh, about that, Steve. And, and it's crazy that uh, we are here now because um, we never thought we would be, especially after week one. Like, I think we all thought the lines were, were good, but nobody – Nobody thought that they would pull off a victory. Uh, but you're looking at a scenario where the Chiefs are, are heading to Jacksonville to play a, a good Jaguars team. It's a playoff rematch. You know the Jaguars are going to want even more. I thought Trevor Lawrence showed that that he could at times be on that caliber of the, the a top five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, even in yesterday's look, again, a little bit sloppier, I think, than they would have wanted. But the Chiefs are staring the, down the barrel of an 0-2 start here. I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily easy uh, an easy game against the, Jack the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I also like, uh, from an AFC standpoint, I, I thought the Colts looked pretty good. Not not to say that I, I think they're suddenly going to be this team um, that, it, that is going to make the playoffs, uh, but I think it's a team that you got to 
um, consider someone who's going to have some upsets this year that might shake up the AFC. Uh, you know, they, they play around the conference as well. Uh, and then getting back to that Chiefs-Jags game, uh, the Chiefs are only opening uh, as two-and-a-half favorites. Uh, we have that up on the website this morning. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites as they go down to Jacksonville. So uh, if you do that home field point thing, it's kind of like a toss-up here. And so it, it should be a very, very interesting matchup. Uh, and as a reminder, this is the only noon matchup of the year for Chiefs fans. I know that uh, now I, I remember when I started covering the Chiefs, uh, Steve, everybody wanted primetime games because the Chiefs never got the nod. Now everyone's like, where are all the noon games? We want to play early again. Yeah. You know, you, you can't have it. So this is the only or early start. And what's funny to me is it probably deserves the primetime treatment. So you're getting a, a really good game uh, early on next week. Big fan of the noon kickoffs personally and would love to see the Chiefs uh, have a few more of those games. But he's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sween. Uh, make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com all this week. We'll have everything you need to know about Chiefs and Jags. We'll hear from Andy Reid later this afternoon. We'll also have another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. So make sure you're locked in right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here. Five stars, please. That's that's how we like to operate around here. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday with another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report.